Hello, everyone, and welcome to Unyielded, Thriving No Matter What. I'm your host, Bobby Kaler, and I'm so happy that you've joined us. Part of what drives my coaching career, and by extension, this podcast, is to provide hope, knowledge, and assurance that we can all be more fulfilled and successful if we choose. I believe that there is tremendous power in choice. We are confronted with choices from the time we wake up in the morning until the time our heads hit the pillow at the end of the day. Will I choose to believe in possibilities for myself? Or will I choose to believe in my limitations? Will I choose courage? Or will I choose fear? Will I choose to listen to those who believe in me? Or will I choose to listen to those who doubt me and tell me that I'm not good enough? Will I choose to do the work that I know that I need to do in order to move towards my desired future? And will I choose that consistently every day, not just once or not just for a couple of weeks, but every day for the long haul? I spent about 10 years of my life recovering from an illness that one doctor said I only had a 3% chance of recovering. And here's what I learned. I had to choose possibilities even when I wasn't even fully sure of what those could be. I had to choose courage. I had to choose to listen to those who believed that I would recover. And I had to do the tedious, grinding work that, at the beginning, seemed so bleak and so far away from any sort of desirable future. But I knew one truth. If I did nothing, nothing would change. And at least I was going to give myself a chance at a desirable future. This podcast was created to help you make the choices that will propel you towards your desired future. So what are we waiting for? Let's get to this week's episode. I'm excited about today's episode because it's an important topic for all of us because the choices we make today affect our future selves. And of course, that's true in really any aspect of our life. But today's show, it's focused on how we age. And of course, some things may be out of our control, but there's so much that is in our hands. I don't know about you, but I plan to still be skiing and biking into my 90s and beyond. Hopefully, even when I'm in my hundreds. Now, to make that happen, I need to be working on that today. My guest today has been in the fitness and wellness world for over 24 years. She wants to help women feel amazing in their own skin, learn how to eat, build strength, and move for lifelong wellness. Her tagline is, your health is your wealth. She is an author, international speaker, and coach on the Fit Radio app. Her name is Pam Sherman, and what she has to share is really important. Pam, thank you so much for joining me today. I am thrilled to be here and so excited to talk to you. Oh my goodness. And we've had like, we had that one really great conversation a couple months ago. And I said it during that one, I'm like, we should be recording this. And then we started talking before recording this one. I'm like, we should be recording this. So finally, we're recording. (laughs) We have a lot of great information to share. Yes, we do. Yes, we do. So why don't you tell people a little bit about yourself and what you do? I am a 55-year-old health and wellness coach. I was a group exercise instructor and personal trainer for 20 years. 
And I love that. I did that while my kids were growing up. They were both in soccer and my husband traveled. So I, Bobby was born literally with motivation tripping out of my pores. So being able to inspire women, teaching a class, that was my, it was so fun. I mean, it, it was just amazing. And I could still be a mom and carpool the kids to soccer and do all those things until 2017, are we in 17, 6, 17, when I was out for a run and I got hit by a car, which sounds terrible. And in hindsight, it was. And it's interesting because as women, I think we tend to diminish things. Yep. Like, okay, it, it was no big deal. I didn't die. I didn't break any bones. I was fine. Mm-hmm. Well, I wasn't actually fine. I lost six teeth. I had to have a whole bunch of oral surgery. Oh, yes. They're all, all, all bright and shiny. Um, but I had to stop teaching and training because of that. However, I feel like the universe put that accident in my way because I needed to reach more women specifically with a message, your health is your wealth. Because mm-hmm. I was in such good shape, I didn't break any bones. I couldn't help um, losing my teeth because I literally ate the windshield. I left a tooth in the windshield of the, the oh, driver's car. I know it's so gross. Oh, And a bunch on the ground, literally from the root. I'm not even sure how that happens. I- that would freak me out so bad, Pam. Let me just tell you. Well, it's so interesting that so many people, when I was having all these surgeries, are like, I don't even like to get my teeth cleaned. No. And I was like, you do what you have to do. I don't want to live like a hobo. And this was two years before COVID. Had COVID happened, I would have had a mask. Nobody would have even seen anything. But while I was teaching and training, I, I showed women exercise could be fun to take care of themselves and even help them lose a little bit of weight. But afterwards, my focus shifted from let's not work out for weight loss, ladies. Let's work out to be strong for the rest of our lives. I even had a friend of mine said, if that would have been me, I would have died. Like They weren't in good That's shape. Right. And certainly my consequences could have been much worse. So my focus has really shifted from, I'm going to crush you in the classroom, like, you know, kill them with an hour workout to let's everybody strength train to stay strong for the rest of your life because your future self depends on you working out right now. That's right. And let's eat for function and not because we're sad, happy, frustrated, lonely, bored, tired. Let's eat to fuel our future selves. And there is room for a little bit of fun, but for the most part, women we were in my age group, always taught, you know, calorie restriction, white knuckling it till bedtime. Let's change that and let's eat for our muscles and for our health and to feel great in our own skin. Yep. And something you said there, like our future self depends on what we do today. She does. I think about it this way too, because well, you know this and, and anybody who's listening to the podcast knows I love cross country skiing. And sometimes, and I'm not, I'm not ashamed of this at all. I will be passed by a cross-country skier who is in their 70s because they've been skiing for 50 years. Their technique is so good and their fitness is that good. And now I do like it when I'm the one that gets to pass, but they didn't just wake up and say, I'm going to ski today. They've been doing it and doing it consistently this whole time. It's a lifelong pursuit. It's not, Mm -hmm. I think our, um, the media has misreally construed like try the latest, greatest, you know, do CrossFit, do P90X, do all, and not to diminish those, but I don't think those are lifelong things that you can do. But cross-country skiing, you could do forever. That's right. Biking, you know, find whatever that is for you. I'm really passionate about every woman's strength training because we all lose muscle after the age of 40 every single year, unless you actively strength train and eat for your goals, eat enough protein to keep your muscle on. 
Okay. So that's really, that's incredibly important. And I think I shared you th- this with you, but you know, Rick's been doing all this research and he's like, we're not getting nearly enough protein, you know, and we have a healthy diet. Most people think we're weird because we eat so well. How much protein should an average woman be getting? Okay. So, it, so for the average woman who doesn't even know anything about protein, I would say to start with 25 grams every time you eat and there's not a better or worse. Now, once you get that, over 100, but somewhere between 100 and 125 grams per day, wow. which means there's less room for junk. There's less room for the fun foods. But you, when I have my clients do this, 100% of them say, I don't even need a snack because I'm so full. Protein is filling. It is the most filling macronutrient for sure. And I even had a, a woman who's just, I mean, every woman tells me this, but Pam, you don't understand. I love my carbs. Mm-hmm. I mean, come on now, who doesn't? But then she changed her eating to focusing on protein. And she goes, I was, I was full for hours. Like, yeah. I know you don't need a snack an hour later mm-hmm. if you're focusing on protein. But for people, women who don't even think about it, get a food scale. There's no best protein. The best protein is a protein that you like. Protein shakes are fine because we're, we're for, as women, it's very hard for us to get animal protein that much in one day. Could be yeah. cottage cheese, could be Greek yogurt, protein shake, whatever you like is the best. But I will tell you this, Bobby, so many women and probably men, peanut butter is not a protein. I was so bummed when you told that to me. No, (laughs) garbanzo beans are not a protein. They Mm -hmm. have protein in them. But what if you look at the label, whatever they have the most of, that's what they're considered. So garbanzo beans are a carb because they have more carbs than anything else. Peanut butter is a fat because it has more fat. It does have a little bit of protein. Yeah. But But to get 25 grams, you'd have to have four servings, which would be 800 calories. Unbelievable. How do you feel about whey protein? If if your body is fine with it and you don't get any reactions, great. It's super easily digestible and used by your body right away. Some people can't do dairy and it affects them, but if your body likes mm-hmm. it, I think you have to become the expert on your body and yeah. know what works for it and what doesn't work for it. I started the whey protein, whey protein shakes, and I swear to God, it tastes like a ice cream shake. Look, it tastes like a milkshake. It's so good. And it's such an because I always struggle to get enough protein. Mm-hmm. So if people, how can you tell if you're not getting enough protein? I would bet 95% of your listeners are not getting enough protein. <laughs> I mean, would they struggle to build muscle? I mean, what? Well, you... they won't know there's, they're probably not lifting either strength training. That's right. So, and then the standard American diet is based around carbs and not protein. So they might be having like peanut butter toast or avocado toast, which is not very little, if any protein. I would say if you want avocado toast, have a cup of egg whites with your avocado toast or your peanut butter toast. One egg has seven grams of protein, so you need four eggs. I know it's a lot or one egg because the yolk is delicious and a cup of egg whites. Yeah. That works for a lot of people. And I even say, Bobby, for your protein shake, have a serving and a half. So you're getting over, I mean, ideally, 30 to 40 grams every time you eat is great for those people who are like, their minds are blowing right now. Start with 25 grams. That's totally doable. But you just have to look Google, what is 25 grams of protein? It's probably five to six ounces of chicken, steak, fish, yeah, like that, which is a lot. Like it, you are full for a really long time. Yeah. And it feels like, oh my God, why am I eating this much? <laughs> it really does. It does. Yeah. I've already, so I started doing this and I can, I notice a difference in my nails for some reason. Like they're so much thicker. It's unbelievable. And when I'm lifting, I'm lifting higher weights and more reps. Than before. 
your muscles are so happy to be getting the fuel that they need. And they're responding. So I can't wait to see what happens when I go cross-country skiing. But now I know that for some women, there's always that that fear. If I lift weights, I'm going to look like, you know, the Incredible Hawk <laughs> or whatever. It's the myth that will never die. That's right. And if women would just know, it takes so much work and a little steroids and so much food and so many hours in the gym. There's literally maybe less than 1% of women that would ever build big, bulky muscles. I've never seen a woman in 25 years of working with them develop that. And I want to say, don't be afraid of the weights. Don't go for the pink weights or the purple weights. Let's actually put 10 pounds in your hands and do less reps, right? And then graduate to 12 pounds, 15 pounds. But that myth, like it just, I've been lifting since 2014. I have never had big bulky muscles. If anything, my body's gotten smaller Mm -hmm. from lifting than anything else. Yeah. What are, what are the long-term benefits? How do I want to ask this? What either, what's the long-term benefits of lifting or what's the disadvantages of not having muscle as you age? Well, when older people fall, that's the Mm -hmm. reason they break their hips and their wrists because your muscle actually protects your bone. Your muscle depends on if you're going to end up in a long-term facility, a nursing home, because, and and this, I don't even know the percentage, but the number one reason people can't go in is because they can't do a squat. A squat is getting up off the toilet. Mm -hmm. So strength training, not just for vanity. That's right. Not just because you want to look good, because we, if we're lucky enough, we are all going to age. When you're 80 or 90, do you still want to pick your groceries up off the floor? Do you still want to be able to play with your kids, grandkids, great-grandkids? Do you want to still be able to be take great vacations and cross-country ski? I bet you do. That's right. So what you do now really affects you 10, 20, 30, 40. I mean, who knows? 40 years down the line, that would be absolutely amazing. It's how you feel in your body. Mm-hmm. And like my dad suffered from Alzheimer's and he was a lifelong runner. He ended up breaking his hip about 11 months before he died. And there was no way he was going to walk again because his brain didn't work. The last 11 months, he pushed up off of the wheelchair the entire time because he was trying to stand up. Oh, man. Now, he couldn't, you know, at that point, he couldn't prevent it. There's a lot of things that we know now that we didn't know then about Alzheimer's. But how do you want to be as you're aging? I want to be a badass personally. Yeah. I want to be out there playing. Yes. (laughs) Yes. I want to travel. I don't want to say, oh, I'm too old to travel. I don't, you know, I can't, I don't ever want to say I can't do that anymore. It's not just the big stuff though, right? I mean, I'm thinking about, and there's absolutely no judgment in this. My mother-in-law, this was 10 years ago. So she's 82, I think now. So when she was in her early seventies, she came to visit and she was trying to hang up her sweaters and she had three hangers and she couldn't. And I was thinking, that's like, that's daily function. How come she couldn't do it? She couldn't lift up the hanger? She wasn't strong enough. Yeah. I mean, think about it. how would you cook? How would you? And that was kind of a wake up call. Like, wait a minute, it, lifting weights, it's not because, hey, I've got a reunion or a wedding I want to go to. And I, I mean, that's great. Yeah. And I love feeling strong, but it's also for that. Like, how do I want to be? What life do I want as I age? It is something that many people don't see the outcome of what they don't do now. Yeah. And have on their life later on. Yeah. And it's not a matter of I'm too busy. I don't have time. I mean, I look back to the pandemic and my whole career, I've heard, I don't have time. I don't have time. Well, for the two years, everybody had time and people still didn't work out. And mm-hmm. for me, it's not optional. 
it's mandatory. So I feel good every day and I keep my brain sharp. Like you, Mm -hmm. I'm an outdoor person. So I'm walking or running. That's my time where almost my meditative time. Yeah. But it's just like my, I see my, my father-in-law died of obesity. Uh, My mother-in-law is not, she's obese as well. And she uses a walker because she had a stroke. These things aren't an accident. What we do now really affects what happens later on day to day. And then, you know, we're all, none of us are getting out of this alive, but we can certainly control, we can certainly control a lot of it. Yeah. And, you know, it reminds me of something that James Clear said in his book, Atomic Habits. Every action you take today is a vote for your future self. I love that. Isn't that good? Yes. And I think about it that on those days when I'm like, I don't know if I feel like lifting weights today. Hmm. Will my future self thank me for it? Probably. I mean, no, it's one thing if I've overtrained and I need a day of rest. That's a whole different thing. But in general, you know, will my future self thank me for this? Nobody ever regrets a workout. No. No. Oh, I don't know if you've ever heard of, he has got a great podcast, Peter Atia. Yes. I get his newsletter. I love him. Oh, that is Rick's favorite. And he said, here are words that you'll never hear an 80 year old say, I wish I didn't have so much muscle. (laughs) Yes. Yes. He's amazing though. His whole research is amazing. He goes deep. Sometimes it's a little too too much for me, but I do love his whole philosophy and I love reading his newsletters. Yeah. So what do you think are some of the biggest mistakes that people make in terms of their health? They're always trying to lose weight and diet instead of thinking about being strong and being functional in their bodies. I I work with an 84-year-old client. His name is Frank. And every time we work out together, he does push-ups. I just posted today, actually, and squats for his warm-up. And then I always make him get up off the floor using nothing. Yeah. So you know the, the diet culture is a, I think, a two hundred billion dollar industry. Yeah. And it's I'm not. I, this is going to come out wrong. It's simple to lose weight. It's not easy, but it's simple. Focusing on protein, real food. If your grandmother wouldn't have eaten it, you shouldn't either, except for protein powder. Uh, <laughs> but don't buy anything. Nothing in a box is going to help you lose weight. It's never going to be a fast process. And let's work on life, like longevity and feeling good as you age. So I think that like just the weight loss mentality is wrong. Yeah. And the, then the myth that you're going to get huge when you mm-hmm. lift and that it's more about our lifelong health than anything else. Yeah. I love that. It, it reminds me of, oh my gosh, this was like 2014, 2000, yeah, it was 2014. At that point, I was traveling all the time. Like every single week, I'm on a plane, I'm staying in hotels, you know, gone for three, four, sometimes five days at a time. And I had fallen into the habit of eating poorly. You know, you get on a plane, you have this humongous sub. It's like you're bored because you're on the plane. You get a bag of chips. And um, so I was on a flight to Fresno and I'm like, oh man, my pants are really cutting into my side. And, you know, it's like, I got these rolls and blah, blah, (laughs) blah. And I'm like, wait a minute, I'm an athlete. I've always thought of myself as an athlete and I've always thought of myself as a disciplined person. And I thought, and ironically, I was eating a whole, this giant bag of Cheez-Its because I love Cheez-Its. And I've got this Cheez-It dust all over me. And I'm like, <laughs> um, you can't call yourself disciplined right now. And I had, That's it. And I said, I don't care if I lose weight. This is not about weight. This is about, am I feeding my body? Am I taking care of my body? the way that that I would if I was being disciplined and if I really want to be an athlete. And that 
I started changing things because I'm like, wait a minute, I I want to fuel myself for performance. And let's be honest, I'm never going to be in the Olympics or anything like that, but yeah. I want to do what I want to do. So I love that you said it. It's not about weight loss. This is about who we want to be now and in the future. And let's face it, Bobby, our society is not set up to do that. Our society, every time you go to a coffee shop, I call it cake in a cup because it has as many calories and sugar grams as a piece of cake. Oh you can make you, you can make everything like that at home without with protein powder and making it yummy and delicious. But there is treats. There is crap. I have friends who work at schools and are nurses. The back rooms are always filled with sugary crap. Yeah. And that's not going to help you. No, even when... So my dad was just in the hospital, obviously. I was kind of horrified at some of the food. Like, and now granted, at this point, maybe he just, you know, he, he was very, very sick and maybe he just needed whatever calories, but it was a lot of basically sugar. And it hospital was like, food is, it's terrible. How's this going to help him? So I wanted to go to something you, we had talked about before and that before we started recording, of course. And you said 2014, I think you said it was 2014. Yes. That's when you yeah. said you lost myself and my health. Yes. Can you share a little bit about that? You bet. My dad moved out here in 2011. He and my mom had just gotten divorced and I had a brother in San Jose who I came from a super emotionally abusive household. I'm like, I don't want dad near me. You can have him. So he's like, great. I got a place. And this is so long ago that the internet was really just coming out, which is so crazy to even think about. I looked it up and it said, they're drug dealers and prostitutes that live in the place that my brother found. I said, okay, dad's going to come by me. So he lived in a senior facility and he did for three years. He declined along the way. He did have Alzheimer's. But at that time, I was teaching a five o'clock class probably three to four times a week. Now, I didn't, I wasn't doing it with them. I was strictly as the, their coach, but I was still up at four, 15, three or four times a week. Would come home, get my kids breakfast, pack their lunches, get them, you know, drive, drop them off at school and then go teach another class. Maybe have a client stop by wherever dad was living. And at that, you know, I talk so much about diet, but at that point it did not matter for him because he was, he was in the thick of it. I'd bring him a donut. It made him happy. That's right. But it was very stressful. He was not, he never like realized that he was sick. Always thought he could get back together with my mom. He wasn't really a parent to me. I was his parent. He wasn't ever like, how are your kids? What's going on? Selfish. I mean, it was, he was a narcissist. So it was all about him. So seeing him, seeing any parent decline is very hard. I didn't talk to my husband about it because my family, there's been so much drama over the years. I didn't want to burden him. I'm putting my fingers up. It wouldn't have been a burden, but I didn't want to talk to him about it. I didn't really talk to anybody about it. I kept it all inside. I would come home, you know, get the kids after school snacks, pack their dinner, drive them to soccer. My husband traveled. So it was, it was a whirlwind of too much. Mm -hmm. And then he finally died. And of course, so this is also before cell phones, or maybe they were just a flip phone. So texting wasn't a big thing, which anybody listening, any younger person is going to be like, I don't even understand that. But yeah, how can that be? Yeah. So I didn't at the time tell my brothers, like, I'm struggling. This is really hard. I need more help. I have another brother, had another brother on the East Coast, and then he died. And I was laying in bed one day and it was like the Oprah aha moment said, you got to stop. I literally quit my job. And I took about three months to just recover because my body was exhausted. And at the time, I actually had a running injury and I haven't been a runner my whole life. And I don't think that was running injury. I think that was stress in my body that would not Mm -hmm. let go. So I was physically, emotionally just beyond spent. And then I couldn't 
go back to, that was a, actually a break in my teaching. I couldn't go back to teaching because as a teacher, you give and give your energy and your love. And I, my cup was beyond empty. Yep. So I got to work. I worked at a nutritionist's office behind the desk and answered phones and refilled people's supplements, like an easy, non-stressful job for about a year. And then I felt my energy coming back and I was able to get back to teaching, but it, it crushed me. Mm-hmm. As women, we want to give help to anybody that asks, but it's very hard for us to ask for help. I didn't ask for any help. Yeah. And I shouldered everything. And it was, it was terrible. Yeah. I felt, I felt awful. And I gained 20 pounds too. Wow. I think that what you said, there, the, your cup was beyond empty. And I think that we've probably all been to that place. Yeah. It, once we get there, it's kind of like, oh my goodness. But for some reason, it seems like we miss the warning signs. Oh, I, I'm sure I had headphones on. I didn't hear any warning signs because as a, <laughs> yeah. and my kids were young teenagers. So I had to keep on doing what I had to do there. What I should have asked her for help. Yeah. That's it. I just should have asked for help. I should have not taught that five o'clock class, even though that filled my cup because those women in that class were amazing. Nobody should be getting up at 415. That's, that's, that's early. early. That's early. Yes. I mean, that takes, that really does take a strain. So your clientele, do you work primarily with women? I have one male client who I've known, actually, he was at the member at my gym that I've known for 20 plus years, but for the most oh. part, 99% women who want to lose weight and want to feel better as they age. Okay. So do they tend to come to you like midlife or? I'm big on social media. And so I have two ways that I work with clients. I have a private Facebook group called the Perfect Balance Tribe. Mm. And it's a subscription. It's $14 and 99 cents a month, which is nothing. I have so much amazing free content because I'm really trying to help women. Let's eat real food. I want everybody to walk all the time, but you need more than walking to feel good when we're 80 or 90. Let's, I have, I put workout videos in there once a week. I do a live workout once a week. I have a talk live where we celebrate the members wins and we troubleshoot, troubleshoot Thanksgiving, holidays, parties, you know, just ways to not go in there and think, well, forget it. I'm just going to eat everything. I'll start over Monday. I don't want women to do that anymore. I don't want you to have to unbutton your pants, really. Yeah. <laughs> we shouldn't need to do that. No. Then we, then we just lost ground. We do. And then I do private one-on-one coaching, which is always the women keeping their food on my fitness pal. And then we're friends and I can see their food. And we have a, just a weekly oh, conversation wow. on like, hey, this day was great. Here's some options. Because I've been doing it for 25 years, I have all sorts of ideas and tips and tricks. Yeah. But I, I'm I, and I was in the diet culture forever as well. I mean, I've struggled with my weight at least three times as an adult. I was super heavy in college when I was a marathon runner. I know. Well, it That's was surprising. Crazy. Well, you can't outrun your fork. That's right. Can't outrun a bad diet. You can't outrun a bad diet. So I we're recording this right before Thanksgiving, but for any holiday, when I see gyms give that two-hour class or the 90-minute class to burn off what you haven't eaten yet, that's just a pile of garbage. Mm-hmm. Our bodies don't work like that. Uh, no. But I've started over Monday a hundred hundreds of times in my life, and I want to help women not do that and learn to enjoy what they eat, but not go crazy to where you just say, "Forget it." I'll, you know, I'm starting over the next day or the next Monday or after vacation or after my reunion or you know whatever it right. is. With practical tips, it's not the body that you're in right now. And this is for everybody. And this is a some people not might not want to hear this. However long it took you to put on the weight, it's going to take you that long on the other side. Yeah. 
it, that's it. It's not ever a quick loss. And if it is, it comes back. All these quick fix plans, every diet will work until you start eating normally again. And then the weight comes back on. Yeah. And that's the hard part because it's not, to me, it's not a diet. It's a lifestyle because it's, it's for, for longevity. When you're talking, and it reminded me of when we talked earlier about the videos that you put out, because you, you, you shared that one video with me mm-hmm. about how to get up if you fall. Do you want to speak to that a little bit in the response you got? Oh, yes. So as a teacher, for the last 15 years, I would always do something called a roll-up in my class. We all had mats, and you're on your back, and you roll your legs back towards you, and then you get up. You can cross your feet. You can use your hands. And I remember having a student in my class, it took her three years to be able to do it. And I do it just for this reason. I want everybody to be able to get up. So I love TikTok. I, I got to say it. I love TikTok. I put stuff out there every day. So I did my roll-up video. 230,000 people have seen that video. But the comments I got, my belly's in the way. I have bad knees. There's no way I can do this. Could I have another option? And then I made um, three subsequent videos to answer people's questions because they couldn't get up from the ground. And I was like, I've been doing this forever. I didn't, you never know what's going to go viral. But I was like, wow. That was incredible. They couldn't. Well, and that links to you. You have a fireman friend. Do you want to share that part of it? Because this is kind mm-hmm. of scary to me. Well, and I did that because, well, first of all, it's one of my favorite exercises to do, actually. <laughs> but my fireman friend says that 60% of his calls are for people who fall in their homes and cannot get up by themselves. Yes. This has happened to my mother-in-law. It happened to my father-in-law. And I just think everybody should be able to get up off the ground. Yep. It's something we could all work on. We can all work on it. And the reason that really resonated for me is earlier this year, my in-laws were in, they were like in a retirement home, you know, where they were fully independent. And then they had to move to assisted living within the same community. And then the, I don't know if they've had to do it yet. But the assisted living facilities, like <clears throat> you're going to have to move to a nursing home because they keep falling and they can't get up. So the firemen have to come out and help them up. And it's a $600 charge every time that happens. Yeah. But more than that, that it can't continue to happen because now they're starting to starting to hurt themselves. And it's it's something that until experiencing that with them, it's like I never realized that this was such a problem. It's something that we take for granted right now. Just getting up from the floor, getting up from a chair. And it's, I don't know, it's its sad to me. It's awful. And what we eat now and how we don't exercise now, this is what happens later on if you don't do those things right now. Yeah. Which sounds fatalistic, but we're, you seeing it, I'm seeing it. My friend sees it and he's like, people are really embarrassed and some of them laugh it off. I'm like, that's not funny. It's not. You know, just like, okay, so you're 55, I'm 56. So same basic age range. If I go on Facebook, in, and I see people who are my age, it is common for people to talk about, well, you know, to have this many aches and pains, to feel weak, to gain weight, to whatever. It's like, that's just how it's going to be. And I think, does it have to be? Can, can't we still be like, for me, I feel like I'm still getting faster on the bike. I'm getting stronger on the skis. Do we have to, I don't want to say give up, you but know, accept. I just- Yeah, I just saw something that made me so sad. It was an article with Michelle Obama and she was saying, you know, I used to have the Michelle Obama arms, but I just, I don't anymore and that's okay. And I thought, 
It doesn't have to be okay. You can Mm -hmm. still work on your arms. You can still be strong. You can still get faster. I probably can't get faster in my running, but (laughs) I can still work on my strength. You can still do things. I don't wake up with any aches or pains, but I attribute that to my working out for the last 44 years. I started running when I was 11. Yeah. Um, And daily stretching. You don't have to hurt. Now, if you have old sports injuries or whatever, that's one thing. Right. But there's so many things you can do to prevent what happens to many people as they age. The food you eat, if you eat a lot of processed food or fast food, that's so inflammatory in your life. And it just, it hurts your body. You do get aches and pains from that. You do. I did. This was, let me think, it was a year I turned 50. My back pain, low back pain, and I've been to physical therapist, blah, blah, blah. It was, it had gotten to the point where it was so bad, it was a struggle for me to put my socks on. I mean, it was so painful, Pam. I was struggling at 50 to be able to reach down far enough to put my socks on. And if something fell on the floor, you'd be like, oh, how am I going to get that? Because that's how much pain I was in with my back. And Rick started doing research and he's like, Bobby, I think we're eating way too many processed carbs. I'm like, I'm not giving up my bread. (laughs) Or your (laughs) Cheez-Its. Or my (laughs) Cheez-Its. And I'm like, I love those. And he's like, will you try it for a month? I'm like, in this, it took me a year. No, it didn't. It was, it was about 49 when it, when he started, you know, working on me. And so finally I turned 50. I'm like, okay, the pain's bad enough. And I also, if I just try it for a month, it's not going to work. And then he'll just be quiet about it. (laughs) So, you know, tried it within one week, my back pain was gone and it felt like my spine was loose. I could put my socks on. I could, I can stand, pick stuff up off the floor. And I'm like, you've got to be kidding me. And my energy went through the roof one week. And I'm like, well, why would I go back to eating that way? So it's, it makes a big difference. That's incredible. It was absolutely revolutionary for me. But again, I see these people that are out there skiing or biking, or they're still running. There's races for people who are in their eighties and nineties. And I'm like, why can't that be me? You know, maybe it won't happen, but maybe it could. It could because there's less competition as you get older. So, you know, <laughs> maybe I could win one finally. <laughs> no. Oh, my goodness. So what do you think if someone's listening and they're like, they're roughly our age and they want to start doing something simple, like what are like two to three things someone could start doing today that would make a big difference for them 20 years down the road? Okay, go in your kitchen and set your kitchen timer for two minutes push-ups on your kitchen counter until you can't and then get your kitchen chair out sit on the very edge and do a squat where you touch your butt to the chair every time that's going to be a perfect squat alternate those two for two minutes that's it start there seriously seriously and if you did that three times a week next week go to three minutes and you'll notice your strength build up and with that being said everybody should be walking there's no perfect amount of steps with, of course, not in inclement weather, but our bodies are meant to move and not sit. So daily walking is huge, but strength. I mean, women are so scared of it, but that's, we're all in the kitchen. When you're waiting for your coffee, bust out some push-ups. Waiting for the water bottle, bust out some push-ups. If you bring your elbows close to your body, that works your triceps. And we always don't want our triceps to wave away when we keep waving. So alternate between wide hands and narrow hands and a squat that's easy for anybody to do. Two to three minutes a day, uh, two to that's, three minutes at a time. Yes, that's it. That's going to simple. But it's going to seem like a long two minutes if they've never done anything. It's going to seem that's like right. an hour. <laughs> that's right. But your future self is going to thank you for that action. Yes. So this has been great. 
Do you want to tell us a little bit more about how people can find you, how they, how can they follow you, all that kind of, and, and what you've got going on? You bet. My website is theperfectbalance.guru, and that has a link to all my private Facebook group. I work actually with two different menopause groups. One is with Karen Martell, and she is a specialist on women in perimenopause and menopause talks about hormones, hormone replacement therapy. So I'm her food and fitness person, which is amazing. And another woman has a group, She's her name is Anissa Buckley, called Be Untethered. And it's actually targeting women who want to lose weight in menopause, how to eat and how to exercise. So all that is linked in my website. I'm on TikTok and Instagram at Pam underscore Sherman one. It's so much fun. So if you come um, if you follow me, message me and say hi that you heard me here because I love to know where where people find me. And that's really where I'm the most active. And I just want to inspire women to move more and eat better. Now, Bobby, I think most women don't know how good they can feel. It only took you a week. Yeah. Really? One week. And a- after that, it's like, well, why would I go back? And I went, I also, over the course of the following year, dropped 40 pounds. And that's all I changed. All I changed was cutting out the processed carbs. Do you have that on social media anymore before and after pictures? I could find them. You should. I post probably every Thursday for Transformation Thursday because I feel like people look at you or look at me like, oh, they've never had a weight problem. Oh, I have. And I have Mm -hmm. struggled myself. So I understand. And -hmm. I think it's important for people to see as women, most of us have struggled at one point or another. And eating for your health feels amazing to wake up every day and to get out of bed and feel great is so much better than who hasn't binged. I've binged a million times than waking up with that food regret and your body feels lethargic and you just feel gross. I'll take the eating for health every day over yeah. the other. And it's but it's also what you said earlier too. It's not like you can never indulge, right? It's when that becomes your pattern, when that becomes the habit. Yeah. Trust me, I love tortilla chips as much as anybody else, but I'm not going to keep them in the house on a regular basis because I know my weakness. And that's one of them. I call that smart because those tortilla chips are not calling to you at eight o'clock in the morning. It's always at eight o'clock at night. That's right. And I say, if you don't want an apple at eight o'clock at night, go brush your teeth and you're done eating for the day. Yeah. Because it's so much easier. Once the evening comes along, we've used all of our discipline. Correct. Right? We only have a certain amount of discipline yep. that we have each each and every day. And by the time the evening gets here, we've used most of it. I've even had clients make a sign that says kitchen's closed after dinner. That's it. And if you go brush and floss as soon as you're done eating, you don't want to, I don't want to floss a second time. Who does? That's right. And you got that nice feeling in your mouth. And that's a you- good tip right there. Because <laughs> it's like, no. Now, do a lot of people struggle with that nighttime eating? Yes. Yes. Really? They're exhausted. They just want to sit down and... So much of food is more than nutrition. It's, I need to relax. I want something that's emotionally going to satisfy me. And it's never an apple or broccoli. It's always a processed something or other. Yeah. So I say have a cup of tea. I make super low calorie hot chocolate. Have that afterwards for your listeners. One tablespoon of dark Hershey's baking cocoa with hot water in your blender. A little bit of stevia or monk fruit a shaker of salt, blend it up, a little creamer, delicious, like 20 calories. That sounds good because I love hot chocolate. I have it like three times a day. It's delicious. (laughs) See, it doesn't have to be painful and it can taste good. It can. Yeah. 
But you know, this, I think it all goes back to what you said earlier, Pam, this is not about weight loss. It's not about, you know, the Instagram pictures that no one can possibly live up to. This is about how we want to feel and how we want to feel not just today, but also into the future. Your future self is depending on you right now to make different choices to feel great. I don't want to call the fire department to get up off the ground. That's for sure. No, nobody does. But we don't understand that's the consequence or it could be the consequence. So thank you for all the work you do in helping women, because I think that this is something that we every magazine that where they talk about diets, it's always about look good and that's fine. But this is about something way more important than that. Our lifelong health. It is way more important. And for everybody listening, every diet you go on will work. Every single one, unless you make it a lifestyle. Because if you don't make a lifestyle, that weight will come back on as soon as you go off of it. Yeah, I've seen it with my family members. I've seen it with clients. I've seen, I had a client once who went on, it's called Octavia. Well, here's how ridiculous it is. You cannot work out while you're doing their, their program. It's super low calorie. They want you to get five of their mini meals a day. Guess what? You could lose 20, 30 pounds in a month you're going to eat real food eventually. That's right. And if you're getting so few calories, what's that doing to your body? And it's all processed stuff. God. And so I tried to work with her and help her change her weekend habits. Weekends are hardest for most women and she wasn't successful in changing the habits. So at the end of our time together, she said, I'm just going to go back up on Tava, up Tava. And I was like, no, don't do it. Don't, 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 don't do it. Yeah, you'll lose the weight, but you'll come back on. And it was finding the balance of what works for you. Yeah. Is really the is really important for for everybody. I know it's made me so sad. Like any program that says don't work out, don't do it. Don't Your do body it. is we're supposed to move. So it's just because th- there were so few calories, you couldn't work out. Correct. Oh my goodness gracious! It's hard to sort through it all, isn't it? It really is. Yeah, wow. waste. I'm pulling this. Waste your money on real food. Don't waste it on a diet product. <laughs> it's the <laughs> And the advice, like if your grandmother couldn't eat it or say it, except for maybe the protein shakes, probably don't want to be doing it. Um, I don't think our grandmothers knew what a cheese it was, unfortunately, because they are freaking delicious, but... Rats. I know. (laughs) (laughs) But there's plenty of good stuff out there that we where we don't have to do that. So thank you again for coming on, for sharing this. I I hope that it helps a lot of people because I don't think we're talking enough about this. Thank you. We could talk for a long time. So I appreciate uh, the time that we did have together. I hope that you got some great takeaways from that conversation. Here are a few things that stood out for me. Number one, we work out, eat well, and build strength so that we can be strong for the rest of our lives. Number two, Pam asked an important question when she said, what life do I want as I age? It might not be something that we want to think about, But with any luck at all, we will get older. So for me, I want to invest today for my future self. Number three, I think we could probably all relate when Pam talked about that whirlwind of too much that she found herself caught up in. And hopefully, by hearing these types of stories, we can start to recognize earlier for ourselves when we are in those whirlwinds and then do something to care for ourselves because we deserve care and we deserve kindness. And sometimes we're not very good at giving those things to ourselves. And finally, number four, I go back to something that Pam said when she said that your future self is depending on you right now to make different choices to feel great. I hope that this episode helps and inspires you. That is always my goal. 
is I want the very best for you. And I believe that the very best is possible for you and for all of us. So keep going, keep believing in yourself and in your journey.